Be safe. Thank you. Hey, sit down, get comfortable. Thank you very much. Thanks, President. And uh, with him leaving, we can break all the rules. No, no, that is so not the case at all. So not the case at all. Um, I graduated from here way back in the day in 1991. I love the school, and I'm looking at a lot of amazing faces that I love and care about. And please don't grow weary when your guest speakers come in and they take a moment and they honor different people. Don't grow weary of that. Um, I know eventually you're like, I'm so tired. You could get there where you're like, everybody mentions people. Honor is a big deal in the kingdom of heaven. And we honor those that, uh, that deserve to be honored and we honor those that God has placed in our lives. And the first pen- uh, person I wanna mention today is Chris who got here early to take care of this microphone and get everything set up for me. <laughs> Um, I, don't, I don't typically send many notes, but he put them together and he did all that for me and I appreciate it. And everybody has an opinion of what lights and music should look like and sound like. And those audio and visual, uh, visual guys, it is a sacrifice, so I appreciate it. Um, I truly do. I'm, I'm just going to mention a couple of things. My wife Beth is here. We co-pastor our church. Much like President Hagen and Lady H, or is it Mrs. H? Miss H, maybe First Lady, but Miss H. Uh, they have always done ministry together, and uh, Beth and I do ministry together, and she's an amazing lady. She's here. Our youngest daughter, Sophia, is a freshman in high school, and she is here with us today. And uh, my oldest daughter is a freshman in college here, Emma Riley. She's here. And... I got her on the front row of chapel, so God is alive, and, uh, and miracles still happen. So I've got her on the front row this morning. And for those of you that don't know, I've, I've been John's pastor for a while. Uh, we've been friends of his family for years, and I don't know if you know Jason Noble, who was John's pastor at the time that he actually disobeyed his mom, played on thin ice, and died. And I appreciate what you did, John. Um, this, uh, we all have a role. We all have a role. Um, but uh, we've been friends of the family for years, and Jason and I, I, when we sang Miracles this morning, I just leaned over to John and I said, buddy, I sang that song over you about a hundred times straight over four days as I was praying over you when you were in a coma. And the weirdest thing, I don't know, I'll, I'll tell you some of the inside story a lot of people don't know. When John, when he, when he disobeyed, when he drowned, he was a 6'5 white guy with blonde hair. When God brought him back, he became this beautiful mocha-colored Guatemalan. And I, so I, I don't even know how that happened, but uh, God does exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or imagine. So, and now, and now John makes a great coffee, and I think that's important for you to know. Uh, Judy and Rich Pruitt are here. Rich Pruitt interned. <laughs> Dr. Pruitt interned at the church that I grew up in. And I remember being in his choir and being disobedient, and he threw his pen at me um, because I carried my S's on my song. And, but he was also my professor in my last class here in my master's program, and he's an amazing professor. And there is not a librarian uh, like Judy Pruitt. She's incredible. So I just bless these guys. <clears throat> Uh, where's, where's Paige Peeper? Where's Paige? Are you around here somewhere from, from Journey Church in Wisconsin, you know, where they have all the cheese? But anyway, 
Uh, Paige, she's amazing, and her sister married my youth pastor. It was the craziest thing. And uh, so I just, and there's kids from North Dakota. I spoke at your camps in Austin, Minnesota. You came to our church, and we just love you. We bless you. We honor you. And I've, I've used all my time. Have a great Friday. Okay. Uh, thank you. Hey, come on. I listened to you singing chorale last night, and you did an amazing job. You did an amazing job. Okay, I'm one of those guys. Are we good? You don't even know, do you? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I'm just seeing what I'll... Okay. Um, I'm one of those guys. I, I, the Lord just told me he would give me what he wanted me to share when I stepped into the place. And so I sent a verse to Chris as a backup, but he just told me I'm just, it's just kind of the way it works. I've pastored for 22 years, and I do it most of the time on Sundays as well. It's just the way that it is. Um, when we were singing pieces today, the Lord just reminded me, many of you probably know that was written by Steffi out of Bethel Church, okay? Um, such a passionate heart for the king. Steffi battles severe physical health issues. She's in an atmosphere where, don't you love it when you're getting a phone call right in the middle? Should I, oh, it's her property manager. Okay, we'll talk to him later. I thought I had it turned off. Um, Stephanie battles severe physical health issues. And many of you that are connected to Bethel Church or their worship or the Supernatural School of Ministry, you know they have many instantaneous miracles that take place there. And can you imagine how difficult it would be to be in an environment where over and over again, you see the miraculous, where the miraculous becomes normal. And I actually love that. God's word says that the things that are unseen are eternal, and it's the things that we see that are temporary. We tend to give eternal permanence to that that's visible, right? And we see it, it's tangible, I can touch it, it's real. And yet God's word says it's the things that you can't touch, that, that aren't tangible, that are more real because they're eternal. You see, God's word even teaches that the tongue has the power of life and death, and those that live by it will eat its fruit. In other words, you can begin to create and shape some amazing atmospheres with the faith that re you release through your mouth. Let me remind you, God wasn't just a creator, he's still the creator. And when he spoke universes formed. When he spoke, galaxies were created. When he spoke, life was given. There, I, I know that God's word says faith comes by hearing and, and hearing by the word of God, and I understand that, but I also understand that when God spoke, there was nothing to even hear what he said because God's word trumps nothing. It, it just goes above nothing. And so when God spoke, amazing things happen. And, and we see it happen regularly. I, I, I'm a normal pastor. Well, I'm, I'm not a normal pastor, but I am a pastor. And just last Sunday, I'll just, I, rather than referring to stories years, just last Sunday, Sunday morning, we're having communion time. And many of you have read 1 Corinthians 11. Have you read that before? where Paul said, what I received from the Lord, I also pass on to you. The Lord on the night he was, and he kind of shares that story. Are, we, are you finger cramps yet? Are you good? Oh, all right, okay, so he shares the story. And it's interesting, you get to this part that I've kind of struggled with, where it says that 
many, um, they don't recognize the body of our Lord. And in so doing, have you read this? They eat and drink judgment on themselves. How many of you have read that passage or studied it? It's confusing to me. Because this whole passage is about life, and then it's like he gives us this warning at the end. If you don't recognize the body of the Lord, you'll eat and drink judgment on yourself. And I was praying and interceding about that, and I just felt like the Lord kind of opened my understanding a little bit, and it takes me a while. I'm 50 years old, and, and, and I finally signed up for a master's program because I finally thought maybe I could do this, right? So I'm a late bloomer. I'll just admit it. But I just felt like the, the Lord said, son, if people don't recognize the body of my son and what he's done, they can enter into communion and not recognize the power of his completed work, the power of everything that he's accomplished, and they can have communion and walk out just as broken as they were before they had communion. They can walk out just as sick as they were before they came into the room. You need to recognize, recognize the body of our Lord, recognize what Jesus has done. So I just shared that Sunday before we had communion. And we have a, a family that it's, was their fourth Sunday with us. We moved into a new facility. And, and when you move into a new facility, it's like when you turn lights on in a room, roaches come out of everywhere, right? Move new, new, new facility and people are like, I got to go check out this new building. And, and they, they moved in. Her name's, I, all I know is her name is Beth and that she's had a major problem with one of her knees. She injured it. I don't know how, don't know all the details. As she shared with my wife after service, she said, Pastor Beth, when we receive communion today, I was meditating on the body of our Lord. There is nothing that Jesus can't do. I'm thinking about that. And as I ate the cracker, heat began to go over my knee. And I just began to feel this warm presence over my knee. And then when Pastor Brad said, now let's receive the juice, and you've read it before, Jesus, even when he spoke to his disciples, remember what he said? This cup is the new covenant in my blood. And my whole life I was told the covenant's the blood. But Jesus said the new covenant was in the blood. Well, what's the new covenant in the blood? Do you remember what Jesus told his disciples before he left? He said, I'm going away and it's going to be better for you. Now, I don't know about you, I know about me. I'd be like, Jesus, it's not gonna be better. These last three years have been amazing. Don't go. But he says, it's gonna be better because when I go, I'm gonna be right at the right hand of the Father and I'm gonna intercede for you. And I'm gonna send the Holy Spirit. And when I do, no longer is the Holy Spirit just gonna be out here in him we live and move and have our being but the Holy Spirit's gonna be in here and from your own belly, rivers of living water flow. So the new covenant is the guarantee that I am not only in the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit is in me. So we received the cup and we meditated that God moved in. God lives in and we meditated. And as she drank the cup, she said her knee snapped into place snapped into place nobody touching her and that's okay we do that too sometimes we lay hands on the sick and God's word says and they recover sometimes we stand on a word 
and we proclaim it over and over again. Sometimes we fast and we pray. Uh, Kwame mentioned last night when a healing, or yesterday, when a healing took place because a demon was exercised from someone, and when the demon left, the person was healed. So there's also, we need, not only do we need healing, we need wisdom how to minister healing to people because it comes so many different ways. Nobody touched her, nobody laid hands on her, but the Holy Spirit said, daughter, let me just put that knee right back into place for you. So she texts Pastor Beth later, I am healed, I am healed. That, That was last Sunday. It was a normal Sunday. We didn't have a guest speaker. Okay, and by the way, for those of you going into vocational ministry, have guest speakers from time to time. They will preach the exact same thing that you preach and your people will be like, that's the best thing I've ever heard. That is, that is amazing. And you're thinking to yourself, I just preached that last week, you schmuck. Are you kidding me? And I love, I mean, how many love schmucks? You love them, I love them. I'm like, I just, I sent him my notes. He preached my message. We just changed the title. But it was amazing. So, so have guest speakers. But, but we didn't have one last week. But we did have a guest of honor. And we always have a guest of honor. Now, there's a lot of strategical studies on how to do church. But how many people are raising people that are committed to hosting the presence of the king? Have you ever read the verse, uh, what is it, Isaiah 40? They that, uh, that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. Do you remember that one? Um, do you know what the Hebrew word for wait is in that passage? It's actually more like the word for waiter and waitress. How many of you got that job to kind of help put yourself through school? You wait some tables. And, and when you're taking care of customers and you're hoping for a nice tip, tips tend to be better, at least I hope they're better, when everything goes well. Because how many waiters and waitresses do we have? Come on, I saw a few hands go up, all right? You can make some good jack on Friday and Saturday in that biz, right? Okay, but you, when you go into that job, you didn't say, hey, I wanna come in here, I wanna be a waitress, and then sit down in the corner. Well, what are you? I'm waiting. You're waiting for what? I'm waiting to get paid. You're like, if you're waiting to get paid, you're going to be waiting a long time, brother. Right? Because that's not what it means. Because when people come in, somebody's got to serve them. Somebody's got to, yeah, you need more water? That wasn't right? Let me make it right. I'll take care of that. I'll be right back. We value you. How many Chick-fil-A employees do we have here? Come on. Christian chicken. How many, how, how many been baptized in Christian chicken? Okay. And after you get done, what do you say? My pleasure, my pleasure. Whether you mean it or not, my pleasure. They that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. We need to wait. We don't go sit in the corner of the balcony. Hey, balcony guys, I was actually up there yesterday worshiping with you, right back there, upper room. We don't just go wait. We come in and we say, Lord, what do you want to do today? How can we honor you today? How can we host you? You're the guest of honor. You see, we had a seeker-sensitive movement for years where we were more sensitive to the opinions of those that don't follow Christ rather than being sensitive to the leadership of the Holy Spirit who is pointing all of us to Jesus Christ. 
I want to be Jesus sensitive. I want to be Holy Spirit led. I want to host the kind of ministry that we all walk in and say, God, it is for you and through you and because of you. And as we make space for you, you can do what you want to do. Revelation chapter 3. There's this beautiful passage. Many of you probably heard it during an altar call, and it's good if you have. I stand at the door and knock. If you'll open the door, I'll come in. Have you heard a pastor share that at the end of a message to give an invitation for people to receive Christ? Hey, Jesus is standing at your door. Maybe you've done it. Maybe you've shared the same thing, and, and it's not wrong if you do. But I'm sure that uh, Professor Tennyson would remind us to keep things in context around here. You remember the context of Revelation 3? Jesus was speaking to his church. He wasn't speaking to people that didn't know him. He was speaking to people that do. And I know I'm in the university today. I know this isn't North Central Church. But this is a body of believers. You're Christ followers in this room. So, and, and anytime we're together, we, we are a house of God. And Jesus knocks on our door to the church. I mean, are we at that place that Jesus has to knock on the door of his own house? Who are we? This ain't, this isn't my house. We're all worried about our Instagram following and getting influencers to tag us so that we can build our followership and did I get my tweet right? And how was that quote, babe? And make sure when you take a picture of me, you filter it well so that my, I can make a good impression on my followers. How about making a good impression on the one that we're following? Jesus didn't tweet it, share it, Facebook it. He stayed within 100 miles of the place where he was born. And we're in Minneapolis, Minnesota today, having been changed and continuing to be changed by him. What does this have to do with pieces? What does this have to do with Stephanie? Steffi. She wrote the song Pieces because she's contending for her healing and not growing bitter about not getting it yet while she's watching God do things that only God can do. And one of the things that we found challenging in life is every time we make opportunity for God to do the miraculous, there are those of us that have been disappointed because of miracles we didn't get before. How can I allow my disappointment to keep me from pressing in for more of him now? Listen, I'll, I'll be real with you. I, I have been the whole time, but I'll continue to be. Um, my dad had muscular dystrophy, and he passed away four years ago. I have laid my hands on blind people and seen their eyes instantly pop open. I know we have a beautiful hearing impaired community at North Central. But I also have had the privilege at times of laying my hands on those that are hearing impaired. And in that moment, God decided to open their ears. And I'm fine with that. Anybody else, if that's what God wants to do, I'm fine with that. So I, I've seen that. I've seen ears open. I've seen blind eyes open. I, one of my favorite stories, it's not, it's not the story of, of John being raised from the dead and changed into a Guatemalan, and I understand that, but it's, it's, still, per, it's still pretty good. We, we had a lady, she was a dancer that came to visit our church um, just on a Friday night worship service because she heard that people were healed there. She had broken her leg. She literally had just been casted up that day 
She came to our church service. I think it was in the middle of the third song. I start hearing the Velcro. She pulls all the cast off and she starts dancing around, completely healed. God completely restored and set her leg. It's, it's, but being open with you, there's no one that I laid hands on more than my own dad. And I asked for God to raise him up. And I asked God to take him out of the wheelchair. And he wasn't healed. Now, ultimately, I, I get it. He, he's in the presence of Jesus and there's no greater healing. But I can't let, and please, hear my heart in this. <laughs> anyway, I do have a little, that was kind of cool, I got you. But um, <laughs> my ADD, it's spirit-led sometimes. I'm, I am so trying to be focused because <laughs> Mrs. Hagen's still here. I'm trying to be focused. I'm trying to do the best I can. But honestly, hear, hear my heart on this. Just because my dad died of muscular dystrophy, May it never keep me from proclaiming healing and faith over the next person that has muscular dystrophy. You can allow your life to be led by your disappointments, to be led by your questions, to be led by the hardness of heart that can happen when you didn't get what you want, or you can say, God, regardless, you don't give your love in pieces. And you're always good. Circumstances might suck. Are you allowed to say that here? Yeah. Okay. Cir circumstances might be challenging. All right. I, I think, I, interesting. Nicely done. You're, be, you're learning, okay? They, but God is always good. So I'm going to put up my, my text for today. I've got six minutes and I won't, well, I probably will mention them, but I just want to, I want to share this. This is at the, very end of a recap of some beautiful things that Jesus has done. I won't recap it because any one of you can read Matthew chapter 9 for yourself. But he gets to this thing and he, he mentions three things that have become foundational in our lives for what we believe Jesus culture ministry is. And even to, I'll, I'll just bring that up. If you, I walk into my local church and I look at it and I go, is Jesus here? And it, would Jesus do it this way? It's a consistent question I ask. And there are some things I'm like, man, he's not in that. And if he's not in that, we don't want that. So it, that's kind of how we try to look at it. And it doesn't grow the biggest churches. But God will judge a church by its obedience, not by its attendance. And we're in a day and age, we all can name mega churches, but I want you to know, just because they have more people doesn't mean they have obedience. We're not called to bring in a crowd, we're called to disciple the nations. We're called to be reproducible. It's so much more than just the biggest event. Jesus typically, let me just remind you of this, when the crowd got big enough, you know what he said? Eat me. I, I'm sorry, uh, was it too much? I'm sorry, I, I know there's always, is it, is it okay? Is it all right? Okay, all right. I, I mean, <laughs> that was perfect timing, wasn't it? Yeah. Remember what he said? The crowd's there and he said, if you want to follow me, what do they have to do? Eat my flesh and drink my blood. And people went, dude's nuts. They left, Jesus looked at his crew, 
JC and the boys, he looked at his crew and he said, are you still here? And Simon Peter said, uh, where else are we going to go? Right? We're here. When you go deep, listen, what, what I'm telling you today, ADD or not, it'll change your life if you'll host the presence of Jesus. And some people walk out going, that guy's a little weird, don't have him back. Some of you will go, am I hosting Jesus? Am I waiting on him? And those that take it, you'll walk with such an anointing in your life. I don't care how big your ministry is. It'll go deeper than most people can comprehend. So we get to Matthew 9. Jesus went through all the town's villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. We, I was brought up in the church. I was told over and over again, good news. The gospel is good news. We never finished the sentence. The good news of the kingdom. I'll probably pronounce it incorrectly, but would you put the Greek word up there for us, Chris? Basileia. Basileia. Might be Basileia. Okay, Basileia. Ooh, nicely done. All right, so it, let me, here's, here is a very simple definition. This word is used 54 times in the book of Matthew alone. Basileia. Kingdom of God. Kingdom of heaven. Kingdom is at hand. How about this? Pray your kingdom come. It's the scepter of authority of heaven. Here's how we share it with our young people at church. We don't need more of earth's authority on earth. We need more of heaven's authority on earth. Basilia, Lord, let your authority come. And it's represented in a scepter. It's not represented in the castle and the treasury. It's represented in the, in the scepter of authority. Jesus said to ask for the authority of heaven. How come? Because earth needs heaven. Gee, everywhere Jesus went, he said, hey, I've got good news. Heaven is here. Heaven is here. Raise the dead. Open blind eyes. Cure the leprous. Bring good news to the poor. Heaven is here. I'm going to give you heaven. Basilea. Back to the passage for me. Matthew 9. Kingdom healing every disease and sickness. Every disease and sickness. That's amazing. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless. Second Greek word is this. Splognizomai. It is my favorite Greek word. Splognizomai. Okay. You know, what, you know what else this is translated as? Those, we can, we're, listen, you're being educated. You can get this. All right? It's also bowel movement. So, I mean, how many of you have had a splognizomai? You know what I'm talking about. Okay? You know why they call it a bowel movement? Because you're involved. And how many, I mean, let's just go there. I won't get graphic, but have you ever had one of those moments that was so intense, you're like, I gots to go now. <laughs> okay? Pastors have had it. So if you ever wonder how come they quit church early, they're having a moment. You know what? I'm going to have my executive pastor come up and close it. May God bless you and keep you. And may he make it right. <laughs> what am I saying? Compassion is action. Spugna Compassion isn't, man, I feel sorry for you. You're going through a hard time. Compassion is moved to do something about it. Basileia. Spagnizomai. Compassion. Last one. Let's go back to that passage again. 
Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest to send forth laborers into the harvest field. Uh, some of the professors remember Lord of the Harvest song. Remember that? Lord of the harvest, put a fire in me, servants you need. Remember that song? It was crazy. Anyway, he said, ask the Father, the Lord of the harvest, to send out. Let's put the last Greek word up here and I'm done. Send out. Have you ever heard that word before? Ekbalo. Ekbalo. You know what it's used for in the New Testament? Well, well, Pastor Brad, to send out. Yeah, every other time in the New Testament, it was sending out a demon. But here, we're being told to send Christians out into the harvest field. We so want to bring them in, but we don't want to go out and get them. Because we got nothing to give. Giving you an invitation card to join me for trunk or treat. How about giving them a gift of healing? Giving them a prophetic word? Walking out with the authority of the kingdom of heaven, moved by compassion and thrusting out to make a difference in a world that needs to be brought into the kingdom. Basilias, Blognizomai, Ekbalo, let's stand and I'm going to bless you guys in prayer today. I've heard Fridays you have a little bit more freedom and uh, I'm just going to bless you and I'm here and I've got some members of my team that are here and if you would like a prayer for healing, sometime, I, I'm not going to keep everybody here, y'all have got a busy weekend, everybody's working for the weekend, right? Remember that? So... You've got stuff going on, but if you'd like that, we can pray for you and bless you. But I challenge you before the Lord, host the presence of Jesus and be much more concerned about his opinion, his desires, than you are of the opinions of the influencers and those with large followings. Jesus, go deep in our lives. And I pray that we would be the kind of people that can be around the miraculous without being bitter when, when, we, when we're still contending for it for ourselves. I, I pray that we will partner with the thought that you don't give your love in pieces, you give it fully and wholly, even when we're battling a season of suffering or disappointment or grief or sickness. But I also thank you that you bring us through those seasons and you're always good. And now, just put your hand in a receiving position. I know it's an exercise, but it, I just want to bless you, okay? Father, I, I pray for every son and daughter in this room, those with degrees and those working on them. I just pray for them in the name of Jesus. I ask that when they dream at night, they would have dreams that come from heaven. I ask that when they pray, you would show them things that they need to see. I ask in Jesus' name that God would bless you with great discernment for the decisions that you're making now that are going to affect your future. I pray in the name of Jesus, he'll give you great discernment. He'll give you wisdom. And I pray that God's countenance will always shine upon you and people will be drawn to the very presence of God that you carry. May God bless you and keep you may make his face to shine upon you and give you peace in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Bless you guys, bless you.